Hi everyone, this is Anna, and you're listening to my podcast on Heaven and Hell. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so thankful that you're joining me here today. We have a lot to talk about, a lot to dig into, and I'm ready. Um, I don't know if you listened to this past Monday's episode, the Sunday recap. I recapped um, our service from Sunday, our Palm Sunday service, and I talked about several points from the message, and I actually didn't get finished. And I'm hoping to be able to touch on some of those things, or there was just one more point that I'm hoping to be able to touch on today, but um, it kind of ties in with some other stuff that I want to say about Easter, well, about the resurrection and um, just everything that we celebrate during this time of year. And really, as Christians, everything that we celebrate every day and I guess that's where I want to start. You guys know me. I think you know me and just um, how I like to study the Bible, you know, looking at historical context and looking how all of Scripture ties together. And that's as I've been studying and as I've been looking at um, just what I wanted to talk about in this podcast, this is what stands or in this episode, this is what stands out the most to me is that... um, Every scripture in the Old Testament, it points to what Jesus did on the cross. And every scripture in the New Testament points to what Jesus did on the cross. So we spend the whole Old Testament pointing forward to what Jesus did. And we spend the entirety of the New Testament pointing back to what Jesus did. And it made me think of this verse that... Um, really stood out to me in my home Bible study last week. We are studying 2 Corinthians, and um, I, I just thought of this verse. It's so good. It's in 2 Corinthians. It's chapter 1, verse 20, and I'm reading from the English Standard Version. It says, For all the promises of God find their yes in Him. That is why it is through Him that we utter our amen to God for His glory. When it says him, it's talking about Jesus. So we could read it for all the promises of God find their yes in Jesus. And basically what that's saying is that every promise that we read, and this goes back to um, what I talked about in a couple of episodes where the Old Testament, how it points to Jesus in the New Testament, every promise that God made was answered in what Jesus did on the cross and in his resurrection. And I love the way I just, there are, I mean, you just can't add to what the word of God says. And this verse, it, it's perfect. You know, there are some things that we misunderstand or some things that we have a hard time understanding. So maybe we look up some, a different translation, or we look up something to help us understand it. But to me, this verse is just so poetic that all the promises of God find their yes in him. I love that. And I'm going to let that verse just be the cornerstone verse for this episode and what we talk about. And I can't promise that it's going to all flow or be, uh, you know, that I have a plan, but um, I just want to talk about how all God's promises find their yes in Jesus. 
And so I want to start with um, this article that I read. I, I've been watching The Chosen. I don't know if any of you guys have watched it. Of the three seasons that are out, I've really enjoyed it. I haven't finished it quite yet. And I know that they're planning on coming out with some other seasons. So I can't speak to those. But at this moment in time, what I've seen, I have really enjoyed. And one thing that I really appreciate is that there's been many times when I've been watching the show and I think, is that really in the Bible? And then when I go look it up, it is. So it's been very um, biblically sound as far as um, I've watched. But one thing that it has brought up time after time, and this is true, and it's something I talked about in the Sunday recap, is that when Jesus came, his followers um, who were Jewish people, they not all of them understood his plan. They didn't get it. Even John the Baptist, there was a time when he sent some of his followers to ask Jesus, Hey, what are you doing? Like, I thought you were going to come with fire and I thought you were going to come and wage war against, you know, the Roman government. And that's not what he was doing. And, um, one thing in the chosen series that I've noticed is that they're always quoting, um, the book of Zechariah. And so I went and looked that up and there are scriptures in the book of Zechariah where it's prophesied that the Savior would come on a war horse, that he would come and that he would wage war against every um, nation that had risen up against the nation of Israel. And I think, um, in my opinion, looking at that now, we can see and looking at all of prophecy um, and looking at all of scripture together, we can see that there were prophecies in the Old Testament that pointed to Jesus coming and his work um, that he would do on the cross, his resurrection. And there are scriptures that are yet to be fulfilled about his second coming. And so the disciples and some of Jesus' followers, they didn't understand that. And they were looking for him to come and deliver them from the Roman government. And so this was the question that I had. What was the last thing that the Jewish people would have heard? Like, what was the last prophecy that came forth? You know, I um, I, I got some really good advice one time, and it was that if you've been praying about something, you've been seeking the Lord on something, you feel like he's not speaking, then you need to go back to the last thing that he told you, the last thing that you really felt like that was the Lord speaking to you. And so I have that question of the Jewish people, like what was the last thing? Because we know that there were these years of silence before Jesus came. And so I looked this up and I thought this was really interesting. Um, what is the last book of the Old Testament? Malachi? So was that the last, was he the last prophet to speak? Was that the last thing that they would have heard? Well, not necessarily. So I did this research and I will um, have the link to this article in the show notes so that you guys can read. It's a lot of reading, but I'm going to give you just the highlights that whenever they would read the scrolls, the way that, because they didn't have the Old Testament in a book, they had the scrolls and the way the scrolls would have been organized is that they would end by reading from first and second chronicles which is wild because if you read um even if you follow like a chronological reading plan it pairs first and second chronicles with first and second samuel first and second kings and even some of the psalms with those books and then with some of the prophets because it tells the story of the history of the people of israel and but that's what they would end with reading. 
which makes a lot of sense now knowing that the New Testament begins with the book of Matthew and the very first chapter in Matthew is what? It's a genealogy, which is what the books of First and Second Chronicles are. So it's picking up where they would have stopped reading the scrolls, which I thought was really cool. But um, I went back and I was reading um, un- by the direction of this article. If we look at Second Chronicles, there is a scripture in the last chapter of Second Chronicles that I feel like is just so powerful considering um, the condition of the world when Jesus came and the, the condition of the children of Israel. In Second Chronicles chapter 36, verses 15 and 16, it says, The Lord, the God of their fathers, sent persistently to them by his messengers, because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. But they kept mocking the messengers of God, despising his words and scoffing at his prophets, until the wrath of the Lord rose against his people, until there was no remedy. Wow. So imagine that you are a Jewish person when Jesus comes and that's, that's what you've been left with. Hey, I've sent you all my messengers and you didn't listen. And now look, um, you have been, you are under Roman rule, all of these things, you're being persecuted and it was of their own doing. And if we look at the Old Testament, that's what happened over and over and over again. God would deliver the children of Israel. They would follow him for a time, but then they would forget. They wouldn't teach their children about God. And then they would be taken into captivity again. And so here they are a few hundred years after that last prophet spoke. And things are worse than they've ever been before. And they are just begging God to send another prophet, to send a word, to send the Savior Um, to deliver them. And what do you know? Here comes Jesus onto the scene. And he's there to save the day. He is. And, And not in a way that they understand and not in a way that makes sense to them. But he's coming to do exactly what he said to do. And this is where they didn't understand completely they didn't get it right and it's where we don't understand all the time and we don't get it right is that Jesus didn't come to make everything right in their world he didn't come to set things straight here on earth for them he came so that they could become part of his world and it's I'm saying they and you might be saying like okay Anna where do we fit into this The Bible is the story of God's covenant with his people, and that's the Old Testament. But all through the Old Testament, he makes these allowances. He says if there's a sojourner, if there's someone who wants to travel with you, if there's someone who is not an Israelite who wants to um, follow your laws and and serve your God, let them. And then uh, there's this beautiful story in the New Testament where there's a Gentile woman, which means that she was not Jewish. And she's, she's asking for help from the Lord. And he says, Hey, I came for the children of Israel. And she said, yeah, but even the dogs get to eat the scraps that fall from the master's table. And he admonished her for her faith. And we see throughout the rest of the New Testament, how he calls all people to him and not so that he can fix things for us here in this world. 
He does that because he is a good and loving and merciful God. Yes, he heals us of our diseases. Yes, he delivers us from, you know, our our situations. Yes, he blesses us financially like he does all of these things. But that wasn't why he came. He came to be a sacrifice for sin because the wages of sin was death. That's what happened way back we look at the Garden of Eden. I told you that's that's how we were going to tie it all together is that every scripture points to Jesus. Every promise of God finds their yes, finds its yes in him. So way back in the garden when sin when Adam and Eve when they sinned, what happened was death entered the equation. If they had never sinned, they would have lived forever. They would have been immortal. They would have lived in this perfect world in Eden with God. But because they sinned, death came upon the scene. That was the price of sin. And so Jesus came not so that we could experience immortality here in our human bodies. When he died on the cross, it was so that we could have eternal life in the spirit with him so that when we when we when our flesh body dies here we will live again with him and so that was what it was all about it wasn't to make things right here it was so that we could be right with him so that we can go to him there whoo and this is exactly how it fits in to the rest of the sunday recap that i didn't get to do So the next point, um, the next thing that Jesus did during this week, and this is what the Sunday recap was about, all the things that happened from the time Jesus rode into Jerusalem on the donkey until he was crucified. He went into the tabernacle or he went into the temple. I mean, and he flipped over tables and he talked to them about taxes. And then we have this chapter, chapter 13 in the book of Mark, where he's talking about all of these terrible things that are going to happen. Um, you can go read it. It's like earthquakes in diverse places and the moon will turn into blood and there's going to be wars and rumors of wars and, you know, family members will turn against each other and all of these things. He says all of these terrible things will come. And it's because he didn't come to earth to fix earth. He came to fix us. He came to fix our hearts so that we could be reconciled to him. Um, If we look at that chapter, Mark chapter 13, there are two verses that I want to share. Mark 13, 13, it says, and you will be hated by all for my name's sake. That doesn't sound good. That doesn't sound like he's going to set things straight here on earth. The second part of that verse says, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. And then I want to read one more verse, verse, um, I'll start with verse 24, actually. It says, but in those days after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will be falling down from heaven and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Again, this sounds terrible, but verse 26 says, and then they will see the son of man coming in clouds with great power and glory. And he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heaven. And so what he tells us here is that there is hope. There is a great hope because you know what, guys? We are living in a time where we could almost compare it to what the world was like when Jesus came, that there is so much tribulation. There is so much affliction. There is so much um, 
just it's all of these things in chapter 13 that he spoke about like in the earth even with earthquakes and we look at the things that are happening with the weather and things like that but then with people that people are just they're on edge they're frustrated they're angry um they are just evil spirits abounding and terrible things that are going on and hatred people just hatred one toward another but Jesus gave us this promise that if we could endure to the end we would be saved and that one day we're going to see the son of man come again whether it's in our lifetime or not he is going to come again and he's going to bring us all home with him if we're covered by his blood If we find our yes in Jesus and what he did on the cross. There's one more verse that I had on here that I wanted to read to us. It's one of my favorite scriptures about um, Jesus. And it's in Colossians. Colossians 1 verse 19 says, For in him, Jesus, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him, to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And this is the good part because it's talking about me and you and you and me who once were alienated and hostile in mind. So we were separated from God. We had bad thoughts, doing evil deeds. He has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. What it's saying is that what he did on the cross, he did it for us. Not so that we can have a perfect life here, but so that we can have a perfect eternity with a perfect God. And that's my message for you today. It would take the book, the gospel of John says it. There's not enough books in the world to contain all of the things that Jesus did when he was here. And we don't have enough time. We won't have enough time in our entire lifetime to understand all the mysteries of godliness, to to unpack everything that scripture tells us. But at the end of the day, there is a very simple message. And it's that we were broken and we were separated from God. And Jesus came and he made a way for us to be reconciled to him. And I'm just so thankful that he did. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you have a great um, resurrection weekend. I hope you have time to celebrate what Jesus did with your families and with your church families. And I'll see you next time.